This message is brought to you by ABC Church in Ammonford, West Wales. For more information, please visit our website at www.abclife.org. So we're moving on. We're going this. This is, I've, I've sort of titled this, the theme, if you like, is this, My Heart is Stirred by a Noble Theme. That's not the title proper, but all week, all week I've been thinking about this. Now, I had in my head, my head was ruminating full of what I wanted to speak on, and then Pastor Phil spoke last week, and I had nothing to say. If you missed it, get the podcast. That was truly one of the most powerful words I have ever heard. That was a life-changing word. If you want your life to change, listen to that word last week, okay? Amen. God is great isn't he? And he desires health in our inmost parts, doesn't he? And he desires a church that is full and healthy and working. If you want to embrace all of that, I think the words that we're currently hearing from all the speakers are encouraging that well-being in us, aren't they? And that, you know, what, what, what everyone is speaking on. So Emily's words over the last couple of weeks, and on, incidentally, on Friday, a terrific word on Friday. We don't record the word on Friday. I think we should, because everybody should hear the word that was preached on Friday about still waters run deep. It was amazing. You know what? We were privileged to hear that. Caris's word about the fatal attraction, the golden calf. Church. Mind your trinkets, right? You know, all of this stuff is about lifestyle choices, about emotional health and well-being and the things that we are doing to ourselves. Today, the message, if you are an unbeliever, you know, this is for you. But if you are believers, this is specifically for you this morning because I believe God wants a healthy church. Okay, so we are embracing our right to walk in health with our king today. And that is what I want the challenge to be and for us all to take on. When I first started speaking, the first time I ever spoke, you know, God spoke clearly to me and he said, Andrea, seek to encourage them. Okay, he's never told me anything else about that. So I'm going to carry on doing that until he tells me to do something differently. So today is an encouragement. You may think it's a bit harsh in places. You may think it's a bit challenging in places. I'm not going to apologize. I'm not going to do that 21st century apology. You know, I'm sorry if that offends you, which actually means I'm not sorry. (laughs) Not the least bit sorry because I've just said it. Right. What I am bringing is the word of the Lord. And if you are convicted and the Holy Spirit convicts, So if buttons are pushed and you feel a little bit thing while I'm talking, you know what? Take that to God straight away. Don't make the mistake of thinking, well, now I'm offended, now I'm hurt, now I can't do that, I'm full of guilt, I'm full of this, I'm chained up. No, take it straight to God because today is an encouragement, an encouragement to wholeness. I want us to be healthy Christians. Okay, the line, my heart is stirred by a noble theme, is the opening line of Psalm 45. It's a messianic psalm, which means it foreshadows the coming of Christ. And that psalm is all about how God sees his church, the people, ecclesia, how he sees his church. Church, the king is enthralled by your beauty. Honor him, for he is your Lord. That's what the psalm tells us. The king is enthralled by your beauty. But some of us are destined to live our lives looking in a mirror and nitpicking and criticizing everything we see by ourselves, forgetting that the king is enthralled by your beauty. When God looks at you, he can't take his eyes off you. He is smitten. You know, when you're in love with someone, I'm the wrong person to talk to. Love life like the psalm. Let's just go there. Right? But when you're in love with someone, you know that thing where you just think, unless I speak to them in the next minute, my heart is going to stop beating inside my chest. It's been four days since last I had a message. Oh, how I die. Right, get over it. Yeah. But it's all that stuff, isn't it? You know, it's all that unless 
I have contact with this person. My life has no meaning. That is the relationship we have with God. He is enthralled by your beauty. He's waiting for you, church. He's just waiting for you to communicate with him. I'm straying over the line. I'm stepping back. Oh, close one. So that is where we are at. Is that okay? And as such, as we are the recipients of such ardent love, it is then upon us to spread that love out to other people. That is the calling upon our life. The highest calling God has placed upon your life is to love. Do you understand? There were murmurings. I thank you for your murmurings. I need a bit more. Because you see, this is key. Because unless you get this, then it really is just all of us sitting in a room having a lovely time. It's Jesus. (laughs) Come on in. You are put on this world to love. To love God and to love other people. If you don't get that, if you have no compassion in your heart for other people, now, Charles Henry, Charles Matthew, no, okay, Matthew Henry says this. Not Charles Spurgeon, we go on to him later. Oh, I got all the big guns with me today, let me tell you. He says, if you have no love for the people of God, you have no love for God. Right? Take that in. If you have no love for the people of God, you have no love for God. I told you it was going to be a bit challenging today. When you look at people, your heart should not be filled with judgment or with anything other than compassion and love of the living God for that person and their heart and their life. Or you have no love for God. Okay? So we are going to move on. We are going to honour God with our lives, with our bodies. He desires health, so we're going to be healthy emotionally, spiritually, and physically. You will prosper as your soul prospers. Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, so it is about health in all our parts, yes? So with that in mind, I reveal to you the scripture we are using today. It is from the first Chronicles, chapter 4, verses 9 and 10. Two verses, that's all I've got for you today. Two verses for us to all enjoy and delight in and to um, marvel at. Isn't it wonderful? Isn't it wonderful? Yeah. Can we have it up? Here we go. This is the prayer of... Now, I'm from Llanelli, so I say Jabez. Now, a lot of you posh people might say Jabez. Or, so yeah, yeah, all right. From Llanelli, you know, posh. All right, here we go. So, Jabez. Jabez was more honourable than his brothers. His mother had named him Jabez, saying, I give birth to him in pain. And the name Jabez sounds like the Hebrew word for pain. So she bore him in pain, so she named him Pain. (laughs) Top notch. You got it all going on. See where I'm going with this? Yeah, hang on. Right? So she named him Pain. It was very important for the Hebrews to be given a name that represented the circumstances of the birth. It was like a heritage thing. Okay? I give birth to him in pain. Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And God granted his request. Amen. I've got four points for you today, church. That's all I've got. I've got four points because Jabez asks for four things. So what we have here is a man who is considered more honourable than his brothers. It doesn't tell us why. We know nothing more about this person than these two verses. That's all we know. Through the whole Bible, all those words, all those pages, all those books, all those verses. And we know just these two verses of Jabez. But we know several things. We know he's more honourable than his brothers. We don't know why. 
This incidentally, Jabez was from the line of Judah. So Jabez foreshadows Christ. Big tick. Yeah? yeah? Jabez, from the line of Judah came King David. From King David came Jesus. So this is a descendant of Jesus praying this. So I think that means a great big asterisk in your Bible when you're reading it. This is about Jesus right here. You see nothing in the Bible. Even though Jesus is only in the, in the New Testament, everything leads to him, finds its footing in him and culminates in him. Yes? Right. It's all about Jesus. You get that, yeah? So every bit of your life is about Jesus. Even the bits that you didn't recognize before you became a Christian was leading you to that place where you culminated in relationship with him. Get it? No experience is wasted, church. If it teaches us, you know, heartache, if it teaches us goodness, no experience is wasted because everything in your life should direct you to Christ the Lord. Because he's Lord of all. So he's Lord of your past as well. So you don't have to worry about that. You with me? Or as Karis would say, are you feeling me? <laughs> Don't feel me, it's inappropriate. Here we go. Is it, are you feeling me? I certainly am not. Right. Here we go. So here we are. So Jabez, you with me? Excellent. He is remembered for a prayer request. Not because he was some hero who did mighty deeds. Yes? Books are written chapters are written to all the marvelous things people have done in the bible jabez gets two verses why because he prayed a prayer awesome power of prayer yeah we remember him because of a prayer request and the prayer he prays is not just to be blessed out of hand because he hasn't done anything it is to remember the lord his god are you with me so when we are praying our prayers should be like this that's what i'm bringing you to are we okay with that so when we pray for blessing, we should pray that God takes his rightful place in our lives and blesses us out of that. Not that we are just asking for stuff because that would be really great if God would give it to us and my life would be so much better. You know, Christ is almost enough for me. Everything I need, I want him to give me. You know, that's, you know we don't sing that. We sing the other version, you know, the more, you know spiritually correct version but really in our day-to-day -day life we might as well walk around singing christ is almost enough for me everything i need could you just give me could you just give me because that would be awesome you know awesome means stirred to godly wonder i will worship you and be stirred to godly wonder if you give me everything i need yeah. until i've got that i you know it's all right it's all good but i'll tell you how awful my life is and keep god and keep asking you to bless me without recognizing that actually we stand in a place of power with a living God who desires us and loves us. The king is enthralled by your beauty. Honor him for he is your Lord. Yeah? yeah. Okay. I haven't even got to point one. I'm whizzing through. Okay. This is a tough bit. And this is what I need to bring to you this morning. Okay. So bear with. He was born from a woman in incredible pain. Those of us who have ever given birth to a baby are saying amen right now. Okay, there is nothing quite like it. Let me tell you. At the end, you get the most beautiful thing in the world. Best thing ever. Okay? But while you are going through it, while you are going through it, 
afterwards, it's not so great. No, it's like afterwards, you know. But while you were going through it, it is the most intense pain. I remember being in labour and thinking, I don't see how I can survive this. Because it's so insanely painful. But what I didn't do was choose to call my son pain after the pain I was in. Because what we don't want to do is really label people and stick them with something so incredibly negative. Yes? So I bring this to you, church. Why then do we choose to define ourselves by the tragedy and trauma that defines us? Why do we choose to, in all other name but name, call ourselves our pain? Some of us here, church, and I mean this from a place of deep love and respect. I'm going to show you what I mean now. We are handcuffed to our past. And you choose it because when Christ comes, he comes to set you free and set you free indeed. We choose to live a life that remembers our pain. We choose to name ourselves the thing that happened to us. Listen, some things, terrible things happen and that was not your fault. But the consequences therein after as an adult and a Christian, sometimes we choose. Because actually, it's easier to walk like this. Hiya, my name's Andrea. Have you met my past? Let me introduce it to you. I hope you're going to love it as much as I do. Here it is. I'm carrying it with me all the time. I'm going to bring it over here to you. Let's have a cup of tea. Oh, wait. Get one for my past. Because I'd really like you to enjoy this moment with me, with my past ever present. Because I'm going to tell you all about it. And I'm going to live out of it. When did it happen? 30, 40 years ago. That's okay. It's here with me. I don't have to say goodbye to it. It's here with me. Come on, enjoy my past. Enjoy my past with me. Because I am living out of it. It's not easy, is it? It's not easy. Here it comes. Here it comes. Here's my new life as a Christian. But here it comes. Christ is enough for me. And there's my past. (laughs) Enjoy that, Jesus. Or rather, don't. Because I don't want you to have it. I'd rather carry it with me. So, no, no, Jesus, get off. I'm bringing it with me. I don't want you to have it. I don't want you to have it because it keeps me safe. And it means I don't have to be anybody else. And I've lived like this for so long, I'm a bit frightened of being anybody else. And I don't want to be anybody else, because what if the other me people don't like? I don't want that. I want to be pain. I want to be betrayal. I want to be fear. I want to be guilt. I want to be shame. I want to be all those things. I don't want to be free. I do. I do want to be free. But I'm frightened of being free. So I'm going to have this here with me on my hip carrying it with me everywhere I go not just church but work not not just there with my kids because they are going to love it as much as I do because I am going to make them work for it I want them to be free but I can't because you see if I set them free I've got no reason to not be free and I'm frightened of being free so I'm going to ask you to pray for this all the time for me but I'm not going to do this You see, I was going to bring a chain and a lock, but I couldn't find one. And I was going to bring handcuffs. Never Google where can I buy handcuffs. (laughs) Okay? So I've got a travel lock. So what we do, we pack up our case with all our lovely ugly stuff. And we wheel it around the airport with us, don't we? I'm going on holiday, but don't forget my past. Don't forget my past. 
And in your hand the whole time is the lock. And what you don't realise, that the whole time you are holding that thing locked shut, the key is already in it. And Jesus says, I am he that lives that was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore, and I hold the keys to death and hell. You can unlock it any time you want with Jesus, and you don't. Do you see? Do you see? He didn't want to be called pain. So he prayed out of everything else God had given him and said, I will not be tied to that anymore. I am not pain. I am Jabez and I worship the Most High God. Leave it, go, leave it behind. Now, Pastor Phil said that you name it, but you don't claim it. That was amazing last week. When you look at it and you own it. You see, when we own our sin, and let's face it, that's what we're coming to, is the fact that all of us hang on to some stuff at some point, but we can't own that we're hanging on to it. So we always put a little caveat or codicil on what we're saying, which is, yeah, but I'm like this because, or but if only. And then this happened, and if you knew what it was like lugging this around, you wouldn't even ask me to change. You'd be praying for me. And, but, but, do you know what? Let it go. Right? Because we find it easier to do that, don't we? Our sin, and that's what it is. When you won't let go of it, you're in a place of disobedience because you are not making God Lord. You are making everything that happened to you an idol, therefore Lord, the golden calf, our little trinkets, mm -hmm. our earrings and beads and bangles of hurt and dismay and betrayal until you build it up into this past that defines you. How dare you expect me to change after what I've been through? How dare you? You're so unmerciful. You're so lacking in compassion. You don't care about me. If you did, you wouldn't ask me to change. <gasps> no, church. Christ came to set the captives free. So why are you? The jail door is busted wide open, and some of us are still in there eating prison food because we choose to. I say that in love. Now, you get that, don't you? This is all about love this morning. There's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus who live to do his will. Right? I'm not here to say, yeah, but you know, you carry on with that because I get it hurts. No. Change. Yeah. Change. I pray the Lord that you would see it and change. I pray that you would let him in and you would change. That's the first thing he prays. Right? Or that you would bless me. Or that you would bless me and he has blessed you with himself you get it yeah. praying it every day we are oh bless me lord bless me lord bless me lord god's going have job done it is finished get it already done already done the second thing he prays i love this i love this he prays and enlarge my territory keep me in my work keep me here working Give me more stuff to do. What that doesn't mean, this is my... Oh, I should have a klaxon that goes off for opinion alert. Shouldn't I? You know? This is what I think. I do not think that got, that means, and give me lots of material wealth, please. LOL, love, Andrea, kiss. Right? I don't think it means that. I think that means 
Lord, I desire you to give me a portion of yourself to enlarge my heart, and therefore I can enlarge my world in your name for the sake of other people. Know what did Elisha pray? Give me a double portion. Give me a double portion. Lord, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Bless me, Lord, but bless me with yourself. He has done and will carry on doing. Now give me a double portion so that I can stand up and preach you. That I can stand up for you under perseverance and persecution. I will persevere in the faith. Enlarge me. Not enlarge my stuff. Enlarge me. You pray in this church? Some of you praying it right now? Do it. Pray it right now. You will bless me and enlarge me. Open me up. You see, this is all about... Now, if ever you want to write a message, I suggest going to Cardigan. So I was stuck in work in Cardigan, in a room on my own, in the rain, thinking, has it come to this? Some people get to go to Toronto. But some people get to go to Ceredigion. If you're listening online and you are from Ceredigion... Please, we'll pray for you at the end. Um, (laughs) So I'm stuck there. And I cast my eye up. And being a bit of a nerd, a bit of a book nerd, I chance upon some books. And I chance upon a book called Emotional Intelligence. It was like it was meant to be, church. You probably know this, Phil. It was written by, hang on, eyes. Eyes, don't fail me now. Daniel Goleman, 1996. It's the seminal tome in emotional intelligence. It's the one that tells us it's kicked off the whole emotional intelligence thing. And what it says is that all strong emotions start as an impulse. You with me? Now, a strong emotion doesn't have to be anger. It can be hysteria. People can be disproportionately happy can't they? That can be sometimes as hard to deal with as disproportionate anger. You know, a misplaced happiness, you're like, that's not right. But anything. So stressful emotions. Bear in mind that we're not here talking about an anxiety-based illness. Is that okay? We're talking about strong emotions. All impulsive behaviour, that is behaviour you find hard to control, starts off somewhere as an emotion. That emotion starts somewhere as a thought. If you're angry with someone, that person sometimes hasn't done something to you. You've thought something, felt an emotion, now you're acting out of it. person has nothing to do with it. You with me? We do this. If I'm feeling scared, sometimes it isn't the situation that hasn't even happened yet that is scaring me. It is my thought and perception of that situation. Yeah? But all of that can be couched as, and very often, these strong emotions are are hard to deal with because, you see, emotions touch on our very real needs. So when someone annoys us or a situation has stirred us to anger or frustration or sometimes real pessimism and depression, it is because it has touched on very, very deep down needs. Needs to be loved. They need to be respected the need to not be let down and abandoned by people, and the need to be emotionally fulfilled by the things around us. So when we are praying to be enlarged, very often we only want to be enlarged in ways that fulfill us. We don't want to be enlarged in a way that maybe might change our status quo, challenges me to step out into a way I haven't been challenged and stepped out before, because that will change my world, which will set into into a chain of events off that I might find hard to deal with. So we just don't step out. 
Yes? Because we're scared or we're angry. We're holding people in our past responsible for things in our future. That church is mental. Let's say it. You are holding people from way back in your past responsible for things going wrong. Not yet, because don't forget you're worrying about this. In your future, whatever somebody did to you, if it was awful, and that wasn't your fault. But the way you are determining your steps in your future is your responsibility. You walk that out with God. And some of us are sabotaging our own lives based on stuff that happened to us years and years and years and years and years ago and holding that person responsible. They're long gone. Plus, they don't even care. But you are sabotaging your own life because it touches on the deep down things that we feel we need. You see, an impulse that isn't controlled demonstrates a lack of self-control. And if you are acting out of a lack of self-control, you can do stuff that you don't mean to do, which can result in, you know, there's a lack of self-control and a lack of compassion. Because if I'm angry about something, why shouldn't I take it out on you? Because this was done to me. Don't forget, I'm lugging my past around. That happened to me, and it was horrible. So don't you dare tell me I should get over it. So I'm going to take, make you responsible for it. You're not responsible for it. I am not responsible for your anger. If I have said anything this morning that is making you angry, I do not apologise because actually I have said nothing this morning to make anyone angry. What you are experiencing is an impulse based on a thought, based on an emotion, based on something that you have created for yourself and that is nothing to do with me. Please don't make me responsible for it. That is the truth of the matter. We are emotionally incontinent. Right? I just made that up. Right? But we spill it out. And emotions are sloppy. And they are inconvenient. And we should recognize them. And emotions are necessary. And they are lovely as well. But what they aren't is something to hold somebody else ransom to or with. Oh, don't say this to her now. She'll only kick off. Do you know now, they'll be, oh, they'll be really upset if you have that conversation with them. Let's just, let's just go along with it. And unwittingly, we all enable bad situations because we're too frightened or too caring to not have that conversation. You know what? Having that conversation is an act of love. It's an act of love, church, to say, the way you're dealing with this isn't great. Find another way. <laughs> Find another way. The way you're dealing with that is rubbish. Find another way. Can we help you find another way? God can help you find another way. He is there the whole time. Is this making sense? Is this joining up? You see, we want to be blessed and we want to do God's work and we want to be enlarged. And we think, why isn't he answering my prayers? It's because we are responsible for the luggage we are lugging around. And we won't let God be king over that, but we expect him to be king over every other bit. It's a selective relationship and it's not enough but i leave that with you because we need to work through that don't we sometimes it can be happen quicker than others but there's never a lack of hope with god there is always hope if you want it sorted let god sort it now you have a part to play in that you partner with the holy spirit don't you to change if you want to change this is absolutely paradigm shifting i'm going to rock your world if you want to change change Why, 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 you know, you know, 
people genuinely pray about this stuff. Change me, change me, change me. All right, then change. <laughs> change. Exercise self-control. Yeah. Do you know, let, let, let's break this down. All right? If you have a problem with going out and drinking too much, don't go out. Don't think you can be in a situation with your friends where you won't drink as much because you got gardener. Right? If your temptation is going out, don't go out. Until you know you are in a place with Jesus where you can rock that. Well, but we expect to be out with people who are lashed and God going, but I'm king in this moment. Watch this. Because you don't have to do anything then, do you? All better off. Watch my king move in. And what we're saying is, could you do this for me? God. Right now, please. But we're not doing anything to action any power ourselves. Where's the power of God in our lives? You know what? You don't want to get involved in looking at images that are unhelpful. Stay off your laptop. You don't have sex with your partner. Don't be in the bedroom with them. Don't be alone with them if that's what it takes. If you're not married, if you're married, that's a totally different conversation. <laughs> Should make that clear. People are like that. I told you. <laughs> I can't pray. I can't pray. Well, just pray. What's my, you can talk. You can pray. I can't read the Bible. Can you read? Yeah, then you can read the Bible. Am I sounding dismissive? I'm not sorry. Because we sit here listening to this all the time and the little caveats, but you don't understand how hard it is for me to read the Bible because, you know, I have, I have problems with nouns and verbs and find it really... Just read it! Why is it hard to read? If you can read a chapter of a book, if you can read Hello! magazine, if you can read a car manual, if you can look at Google, you can read your Bible. If you can phone me to talk to me, if you can send me a text asking me stuff, if you can meet with me for coffee, if you can sit here and probably shout at me at the end of this, right? You can pray. Why are you asking me when you can be asking God? Oh, did she just say that? Yes. I'm happy to pray with people. I'm happy to pray for people. But why are you asking me? I'm not God. Bless me. But I'm not going to ask you to bless me because that's a bit cheeky. And I'm not actually going to change my life because I want blessing. I just want you to bless me because I'm a Christian. So could you just do that? Um, thanks. Love, Andrea. You know, and God's going, what are you talking about, Andrea? I have given everything you need for holy living. I have given you everything. I give you my son, girl. What are you talking about? You're saying he's not enough? Because that's ultimately what we're saying. If we want change, we're saying Jesus isn't enough. And none of us would stand up and say, Jesus isn't enough. None of us would sing, Jesus isn't enough for me. You know, none of us would sing that. Don't sing, my mother's going, that's really rude. <laughs> we sing, Christ is enough for me. And I have no doubt that when we sing it, we mean it. When we sing it, we mean it. But when reality bites when we leave this room, then it all crumbles away. It's like the morning mist. It's like it never happened because Jesus ultimately isn't enough unless all your needs are met. Which leads us on to part three. Let your hand be with me. He is with you always. Surely I will be with you to the end of the age. You see, do you believe this stuff? Because ultimately we're either calling Jesus a liar or we don't believe him. But if you live in that place with him, do you know in the book of Isaiah, right? 
in Isaiah 52 and 58, in those six chapters, God says twice to the prophet and to the people of Israel. He says twice, your, the, your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Right? Do you understand how important that is for a Christian to live in that? So your vanguard, the thing that goes before you to pioneer new ideas is your own right standing with Christ through his death and resurrection. Yes? That is what you... When we are in our world, walking, leave your past behind. King's enthralled by your beauty. You leave that there. So you walk on in his righteousness. You are the righteousness of, Christ, of God in Christ Jesus, church. Some people believe that. Others of you going, hey, <laughs> you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And you walk on with that as your vanguard. That is what pioneers for you, going before you. And at the back of you is the glory of the Most High God. Yes? God's got your back. So why are you so scared? Because ultimately, I think we really don't believe he has. I think maybe... We it's those deep down emotions thing, isn't it? We're scared of being let down. We're scared of looking stupid. We're scared of all that stuff. I'm going to read you something Spurgeon says. Oh, yeah. I'm quoting Spurgeon. Watch this. All right? Spurgeon is a man who suffered with... <laughs> so, time, gentlemen, please. <laughs> Knock it off, Harry. They're done. Right. Spurgeon was a man who suffered with depression, with gout. He would take to his bed for months. He would get so unwell. But he was a man of God, yes? Oh, gosh, an amazing man of God. This is what he says about the prayer of Jabez. This is what he says. It is, to a great extent, we find that we must sow in tears before we can reap in joy. You may expect a blessing in serving God if you are enabled to persevere under many discouragements. That's, when, that's a great man of God saying that. He's not saying, yeah, you just become a Christian, pray this prayer, God's going to bless you, it's all going to be tickety-boo, look how marvellous you are. He's saying, do you know what? You may have to sow in tears before you reap in joy, but you will have to endure many discouragements. When friends let you down, God's got your back. When partners let you down, God's got your back. When people let you down, God's got your back. When you're feeling guilty, God's got your back. When guilt comes, God's got your back. When you are faced with a day-to-day -day grind, financial troubles, all that hell, that debt, everything that happens, God has got your back. But if you are dragging this behind you, where is he? Where is he? He's got your back. And he is spurring and enabling you onward through all these things that happen in righteousness of Christ. Do you see do you see how important that is? So when we pray this, we're praying, yes, you bless me. Yes, you enlarge me. And I know that your hand is with me. Why is it with me? To keep me from harm so that I will not have to live in pain and keep me from all evil. Yeah? His hand is guiding, strengthening, sustaining, loving, merciful. It lifts you up. It spurs you onwards. It's assuring you on. And it says, and I will keep you from all of this. For you who delight to do his will, you will be walking the right path. You know what? God is not going to pop up as a screensaver on your laptop going, don't do it, babe. No, do you know, but that's what we want, isn't it? You think, well, well, God didn't tell me not to get in debt. Oh, so it must have been all right then. <laughs> no, God didn't tell me not to do this. 
oh, right. Okay, so you see, we expect God to come down and say, that's sin. Don't do it. Sin alert. Like God's got cops walking around the place, you know, telling us, every other, oh, don't do that. Oh, don't do that. We are meant to be children of God. If we cannot police ourselves, why would we listen to other people? Do you honestly, right, let's, let's take a really bold example, you know. Is there a right to murder? Oh gosh, everybody's like that, I don't know the right answer. <laughs> I can't answer, I don't know what the answer is, I don't know where she's going with this, I better not say anything. Is it all right to murder someone? No! no! Honestly, not to self, break it down even more for them. Right? <laughs> of course, you do not need somebody to come up to you and go, hey, uh, don't do that murdering, that's really wrong, mind. Right, stupid example. So do you need somebody to come up to you and go, hey, listen now, don't be doing that gossiping about that person, that's really wrong, mind. Do you need that? No, no of course you don't, because if you're a Christian, you know you shouldn't be doing that. But because we, there's, we have a hierarchy of sin, don't we? Well, I ain't murdered no one, so I must be doing all right. I'm not Hitler, so I must be doing all right. You, as though that gets us out of jail. If you are sinning, acknowledge it, put it right with God. No buts, ifs, whats, and then, oh, and, right, but they were horrible, and then I did this, and, oh, you know, gossip is so lush, isn't it? And you stand there and you're having the right old oh, no, no, you don't need me to tell you that's not okay because the Holy Spirit is usually inside you going oh this is not okay stop talking stop talking and your brain goes into override I'm carrying on talking get the words back in no I can't dangerous place for us now in the 21st century is a lot of that happens on social media platforms <laughs> everyone can see it there's no hide okay you, you know, words spoken cannot be unspoken. Words tear down, but you can build up as well. My point is this, church, we're coming to the end. Hallelujah, you're all saying. You engage with the whole, the totality of God's word, not just the bits that make life easier for you. We engage with the totality of relationship with Christ, not just the bits that make life better for us. We engage with the totality of Christian living and Christian health to mean that we affect and impact the lives of others in the name of Jesus, not make our lives a bit more comfortable. And that means putting ourselves okay with God. And that is a good thing. See, what I've preached today is a good thing. This is all good stuff. Because what I'm saying, do you know what? It is remiss on me if I don't tell you this. That's what people don't get about preaching the word. No, everybody wants to have a go. Great, have a go. Have a go and feel the weight of the responsibility of the living God upon your shoulders as you bring his word. Because he is saying, you say something I don't want you to say, Andrew. You take those people into error, shame on you. It is a terrible thing to fall into the hands of the living God. So the Bible tells us. You be careful before you tell other people or teach them. You know? And I'm not here to scare you or freak you out. Or, you know, I'm here to, to give you some sense of the responsibility of living the Christian life. And it is a responsibility. It is a joyous thing. I love it. I would not have it any other way. Would you? But, you know, 
Amy's message about the cucumbers and the watermelons and the onions and it's raining bread and but the cucumbers and the watermelons and you know the morning minis of Israel are walking around like I want to go back there missing out the land filled with milk and honey and we are there like that my past but I really want that and instead of having the best God has to offer you end up with the worst of both worlds because you want to let go of that bit and you can see where you want to be, but you can't do it. Or you choose not to do it. Today, this is what God is saying. Okay? You were not born to call yourself pain. Today. It stops today. It ends now. Right? Let's resolve that now. You are moving forward and enlarging yourself as you enlarge other people. And God will keep you from harm. Why? Because you are honoured by him and called by his name. Church, the king is enthralled by your beauty. Honour him, for he is your Lord. I pray that your week goes well. I pray for good things upon you. Don't give up. Church, don't give up. You know? You hear this and you think, I can't do that. What's she talking about? I can't do it. You can do it. Do not give up. For you are not of those who shrink back and fall away. You are those who are called and are saved. That's what Hebrews 10 says. That's what we live in. Church, I pray that you would not live your lives in pain, shame, or whatever anybody else has tried to call you or whatever you are choosing to call yourself. Today, it is a new day. You are finding a new way. I praise your holy name, Lord God. Amen. This message was brought to you by ABC Church. For more information, please visit our website at www.abclife.org or search for us on Facebook or Twitter. You can also contact us by phone on 01269 596000.